What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is week seven in the NFL. The Big Ten is back in college football. Maddie D and I break down everything this weekend in college football. We're then joined by a good friend of mine, Jason Curtis Rivera, who just wrote Renap the Musical. If you are an RHAP, Rob is a podcast fan. You know what that is. If not, enjoy. He is hilarious, and we had a really good time doing week seven picks for the NFL. I hope you guys enjoy this. We had a blast recording it. Let us know what you think in the comments. Tweet at us. ThunderBLG is the handle on Twitter. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, where you can find some great posts, as well as the live reactions that I've been doing to the World Series and to the Eagles game that just wrapped up with the Birds escaping with a win. We talk about that a little bit. During the podcast, we recorded that before the game, so it's going to be funny listening back to hear that. And as always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Leave us a nice five-star review on iTunes. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. But enjoy this week's episode. Again, let us know what you think in the comments. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D. How are you, my friend? Well, we're recording this. We're, we're right around the corner from Eagles football. South Thursday night. Is it their first primetime game, right? No, they put on Sunday Night Football. That's their only win. That's right. That's right. Their only win Sunday Night Football 49ers, which obviously means that prime time is a good time for the birds. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready. Here's the thing. If things go as I think they'll go, it'll be a great weekend. Okay? I think so. It's going to be a great weekend no matter what, but it'll be a great football weekend because I am tired of living in this depression cloud every Monday. Okay? Yeah, so it's tough. Anyway. anyway, I digress off of that quickly because not only do the Eagles play tonight, I'm recording this podcast, but – Big Ten football is back this weekend. I'm ready. So excited. College is starting to swing, my friend. We are starting to see some some upsets, some blowouts, some things that expected, things we didn't expect. So, wow, big, big weekend in college football. A humongous weekend, and the domino effect is starting to begin. I know uh, things are looking kind of weird across the country with COVID, but we're, you know, we're trying here. We got some ranked matchups in the Big Ten. But you mentioned it. We had some serious upsets last week. Matt, we're going to start there. I mean, yeah. I don't know what to think of what we saw last week. There's some that, you know, it's kind of a, well, we, you know, this is who we thought they were, like North Carolina losing. I bought into it. They lost to mm-hmm. a Florida State team who I thought was just completely done. Um, other teams that ended up having humongous wins, like Clemson <laughs> dominating Georgia Tech, you know, we thought that that's what was going to happen. But then. Mm-hmm. We get teams like Coastal Carolina, now ranked. Miami, all of a sudden, bounces back after their huge loss. SMU, barely getting by Tulane. I'm not sure where to think of this topsy-turvy, all-over-the-board college football season. But it's awesome. And I'm excited. After this, you know, Saturday night, after we have our Thunder Cup, 
the fourth iteration of our big match, to sit down and watch some serious football. But this past weekend was incredible. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned some of the interesting ones. Some smaller I forgot victories. the big one, too. Well, some smaller victories that occurred. First of all, Vatek, they're not pretending. Um, they they smoked Boston College. We talked about that game last week on the podcast. They dominated 40-14. to 14. Texas A&M, I thought Mississippi State had it. They clearly don't. They were a one-hit wonder against LSU Week 1. Texas A&M has a really, really good defense and a, and a really underrated quarterback in Kelman took care of business um, with a, kind of, a, to me, a commanding SEC win, 28-14. Tennessee is a complete fraud. Kentucky, 34-7, smoked them out of the ballpark. Tennessee back to square one, which is shocking. Um, I thought the biggest, the biggest near upset was 12-7. Notre Dame over Louisville. Mm-hmm. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you are worried. That is a bad win, in my opinion. Um, it won't matter if they were on the table, but it's a bad win. Um, it does not instill confidence in that team whatsoever. Louisville is not very good right now. Um, yeah, but you, you, I want you, you, you can touch on the big game of the weekend, if you will, the, the top five Titanic matchup down in Alabama. Yeah, in Tuscaloosa, we had Alabama take care of a Georgia team that I don't know. I don't know where to go with this Bulldogs of thinking that they had the opportunity to really make some noise. Nick Saban had COVID. There was a lot of distractions, but the Crimson Tide got it done. And and this team, I know Clemson has this humongous win under their belt and a lot of, you know, solid, solid play, but man, does Bama look good. And it looks like they can shut down every single type of offense i get it clemson and Dabo have had a you know a little bit of that bama number the, they've gotten the magic against the crimson tide but alabama looks really good man their offense looks like it's clicking i know 24 points seems like a lot but their defense looks incredible too so i don't know yeah. man this might uh the sec they're they're coming for it man it's gonna be exciting to see if, to me, if you're a college football fan, you want it. You want Clemson Bama because uh, Bama is Mac Jones is for real. Oh yeah. Um, his draft stock will continue to soar. Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith are as explosive as Henry Ruggs and um, Jerry Judy. Uh, they are lightning fast. They both ripped off huge touchdowns. They have all kinds of speed on the outside. They're going to bring all kinds of pressure. Najee Harris. Looks like another draftable back out of Alabama. Um, I do have to say this. I think if you're a Georgia fan, take this one with the grain because you were supposed to have you know, Jamie Newsom at quarterback. Things changed for you because of COVID. Um, I still, you know, Kirby Smart still, I think Kirby Smart's seat is a little warm right now. You think so? Because, well, look, it's the SEC. He has to win. It's just like we talked about, and, and I think he's. I think he's not as hot as – as our friend up in Michigan, but he's got to win some of these big games. At the end of the day, Georgia wants to be Alabama. They want to be LSU. Then they need to win. They need to eventually get over the hump like LSU did last year to basically keep Ed Ogeron on, Um, you know? Yeah. So they're struggling this year, but they get a pass because they, they beat Alabama and they won last year. Like that Georgia needs to find a way to get over the Alabama hump at some point. Um, they're still not out of it with only one loss, but this is not a great loss. This is a they wasn't like it was close. Uh, Stenson Bennett, any kind of you know shine there, kind of goes away with his three picks. 
They can't run the ball, what they've always been able to do. And Harris rips off 152 yards against them. I mean, that's brutal. Yeah, great bounce back by the Alabama defense, in my opinion, too, after just you know getting rained on by Old Miss. Um, but Kirby Smart needs to do what Nick Saban did and figure out how to make his offense more explosive. No, that's a really good point. And, and LSU is a really good example of this. Auburn's a good example of this, too. Because we're, we're good for an Iron Bowl upset of Auburn over Alabama every couple of years. And Auburn was the team that got this done for Georgia when they made it to the national championship. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's kind of a weird comparison, but yeah, eventually you got to beat the, the big scary beast within the conference to your Michigan point with Ohio state and to a degree Penn state. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting to see how it goes. Obviously with championship games and all that sort of stuff, there is the opportunity to make up for it, but yeah, there's something's got to change and a late win can, can help, but I don't know. It's a, kind of crazy to see but before we jump to this week matt is there anything that we need to think about or uh react to with these lsu imposed sanctions that they came out with this week I, i'm i try really hard not to just rip on odell beckham jr but i have to see it coming or that's what we're referring to right yeah okay you had to see it coming i mean it's just it's just a little it, I mean, it was outlandish. I know a lot of it was a prank, but it just it just portrays an image that I don't think LSU wants to have. Um, at this point, is Odell Beckham more style than substance anyway? Uh, I don't think it really hurts LSU at all, right? It doesn't really hurt Odell Beckham, to be honest. LSU looks good because they 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 slap a guy in the wrist for who who you know for two years he can't be around the program, but he's still an LSU Tiger. He could still say go Tigers. LSU can still talk about how Odell Beckham was one of their many great wide receivers that's come through the program. So honestly, it's kind of a no harm, no foul. It's kind of a, it's kind of a no harm, no foul situation for LSU. Um, I'm sure they probably called Odell and said, Hey, we have to do this. And Odell said, fine, I'll be good. I can live in my mansion in, well, I guess Cleveland, but New York city, wherever he, uh, uh, you know, lives in the off season. So, yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, to me, it's kind of a non, and honestly, it probably brings it back up. I think most people probably had forgotten about it and now it probably gives it more life. So it's kind of a PR stunt to me for LSU because it's not like it's anybody. It's not like it's a coach, um, you know. So I get it. I think it was stupid when he did it, but to me, it's whatever. Is there a reason for um, the timing? Because we've seen like Penn State's basketball strange, coach right? step down this week, and I don't know if that's because basketball's coming or like was there some sort of like threat by the NCAA? Like, oh yeah, like we're gonna come after everybody, so you might as well impose it now. Yeah, I mean, it could have been, right? I mean, because it took a long time. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a quote-unquote internal investigations, and I, this is something where I'm sure LSU probably talked with the NCAA and made some kind of under-the-table deal, say, hey, look, we're going to ban Odell. We had nothing to do with it. You know, it's, it's you know, none of the kids took the money, and they probably had to confirm something like that. And um, so, um, I know the timing's kind of weird just because, like, in the middle of the season, but maybe it was just an investigation timeline kind of thing. Not 100% yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned at the top, the Big Ten is back. We got a lot of big games out here that are very exciting. We have a good friend of mine, Jason Curtis Rivera, on to do picks. But Matt, this seems like a full slate. I'm scrolling and it's taking me a while to get to the bottom of the page. And it feels glorious. <laughs> well, it's good, right? And we still don't even have the, uh, the, the Pac-12 yet, so... Even better, we're going to just get more and more as we move forward, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it is a full slate and we're kicking off and it's going to be strange to see how the rankings are, look after this weekend. Um, North Carolina needs a big game against North Carolina State. It's a rivalry game, but they, they've got to win to, to have any opportunity in the ACC after that, after that just poor loss. Um, interesting to see how the Big Ten comes out. Are they rusty at all? Like, what's the situation? I think Notre Dame has to be an upset special just to toss another game out there going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh always seems to have that one win a year where they, they, they upset somebody. Um, yeah, uh, to me, two big games of the week. What's to me two really important games for conference early early one is the first game of the season for two teams the other one is a big big 12 game do you know which two i'm talking about tell me okay you got iowa state oklahoma state okay and then you got michigan and minnesota okay to me those are the ones that have an opportunity ranked matchups this week to really shape a conference race and set two teams off in the right direction so first right off the bat Iowa State and Oklahoma State just became a huge game because Oklahoma State has an opportunity with Oklahoma and Texas slipping up. Uh, We've talked about Chubba Hubbard. They're a really good team this year, in my opinion, and they have a really good opportunity to to take a stranglehold and make a statement win at at number six in the nation over a talented Iowa State team. Um, At Oklahoma State, I expect them to win, but it's the kind of game that Oklahoma State can say. Oklahoma State is this weird thing where they, they get full of themselves, it seems like. Um, under Van Gundy, this is a huge. This is a huge game for 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 them. They they. Sorry, did I say Van Gundy? Um, I think in the Mike Gundy. Excuse me. It's a huge game for them. This is like almost to me. It's almost a must win for Oklahoma State. So it's going to be Chuba Hubbard, the elite running back, against Brock Purdy, a fringe first round draft pick at, at for Iowa State, who has really had a good year, really had a a good decade and a good year this year with the upset over Oklahoma. So the other problem is Oklahoma State hasn't played since October 3rd due to the postponement of the Baylor game. So kind of a challenge for them to get their, get up for a game here. But this is really, really important. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, you said Van Gundy. I almost thought you were uh, breaking I know, I sc- breaking yeah. out the uh, Pelicans breakdown for whenever the next <laughs> NBA season starts. But yeah, no, and you mentioned the Michigan-Minnesota game. I mean, this has to be one of the bigger games for for not just Michigan, but for Minnesota. Obviously, last year, they had their opportunity to win the Big Ten West and everything there. For this, you mentioned it. It's, you know, you want to start the season on the right side of the column. And both teams here, you have to think that Michigan will hang on, but if Minnesota wins and really makes, you know, it really makes the Big Ten West look a lot better. Yeah. Um, Michigan, Minnesota's playing more house money right after the unexpectedly good season last year. I still like where that team's heading. Sure. We, I talked about moments ago about how Kirby Smart might be on the warm seat, but a different coach of uh, we know might be on a hot seat. I think Harbaugh, I, I know, it's going to be a tough year for them, and I think they're they're pushing more for 2021. But it's last year of his deal. He doesn't have a new deal yet. Like this is a huge game. He's got to win. Um, it's at Minnesota though, so it's a challenge to go on the road right away. They've got a lot of juniors, sophomores and juniors, and some freshmen that need to step up. Um, they don't have the same senior level talent although it's probably a good thing because the seniors haven't got it done if you will so big game for the wolverines to make a statement win early against a talented minnesota team yeah it's it's gonna be fun and i mean we even get like maryland versus northwestern which you know it's not the northwestern 11 a.m game but it's still (laughs) you know big time night football northwestern might actually be pretty good this year um you know and and we'll see penn state we talk about that game a little bit in picks but they're playing Indiana, normally a tough out. 
Ohio State, Nebraska, there's no line on this, but I don't know. This is a real opportunity, and I was going to ask you about this with Georgia and, and what they did, that they could definitely find themselves in the top four after this week, depending on how strong of a showing they have against Nebraska. So I'm, I'm going to be really interested in seeing that. That's a noon game. Uh, it goes against a couple other good matchups, better matchups, like North Carolina, NC State, or even Kansas State, Kansas. That's always a, a tighter game. So that game being a... Uh, you know, a 20-point spread is kind of wild. Yeah. Um, I think Ohio State, the, the pedigree, the name, easily could boost them way up the ladder with the good win. They probably deserve it. I hate to say it because I hate them so much. But um, Nebraska, Scott Frost, the line is huge. I mean, I mean, it's just sad to see. It's off the board. It's just an over-under. Oh, my. Oh, okay. I mean, oh, that I was going to say, the line seemed really big. And now I realize, you know what I did? I read the over-under. I was like 67 points. I'm, yeah. taking the, I'm definitely taking the cover there. For now, anyway. Um, it's a big game for Nebraska and Scott Frost. Even to just stay close because they made no progress there after we thought they might. Um, there's one other one other thing I want to point out, and it's a dark horse uh, Heisman contender um, that I want people to pay attention to. So BYU has had a pretty good year so far, and they are led by number one Zach Wilson, who uh, is a junior, has five touchdowns on the ground, not a lot of yards, five touchdowns on the ground. And it's already starting to wing the ball around um, through the air. He's getting a little bit of Dark Horse Heisman buzz. Um, played really well this year so far. Eight, 60 of 72, which is a crazy number, right? Um, almost 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. Um, I told the four, the five on the ground. Um, not a ton of yards, but five on the ground. I mean, this is a guy that you never know. Uh, BYU puts up some big numbers this year. Could be in the conversation. We used to go to New York, which for a small school, like, like for a – small school that didn't come out right because BYU is not a small school for a non-conference yeah, non yeah. it would be a team would be a really cool feat so looking for Zach Wilson they're playing a pretty crappy opponent this week um in Texas I think it's Texas State hang on uh let's see BYU is playing at yeah, Texas, Texas State? State like so he should put up more massive numbers there so okay uh, just a guy to watch out for as the season progresses BYU always an interesting team yeah, no, that's a great a great call there. Because that is definitely something that, like, as the season goes on, as more of these teams come back into play, they start actually continuing to play games. Uh, you know, they may or may not be hanging out there as that sort of classic Boise State type of team that's in the top ten. But, you know, you have no idea really what to think of them because they aren't really doing anything, or UCF most recently. Um, obviously, Cincinnati also is, is currently in that spot since the AAC is not Power 5. They get that uh, automatic bid, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, it's I'm excited for this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Some very interesting lines. So if you are taking the big risks and gambling during the uh, the crazy COVID season, you're going to have your money cut out for you this weekend. Quite liberal, literally. Good point. Good point. I can't wait to reconvene next week to talk more oh, yeah. about what we're, we saw in college football this week. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be incredible. Um, Yes, it is. So, Matt, before we cut it over to picks with Jason, you went to the Eagles game last week. I did. Tell us about it. What was the experience like? Surreal. No traffic, no lines, concessions right away, no lines for the bathroom. So there were concessions. Um, yeah. They're, uh, yep. So, you know, six feet apart in line and, um, you know, different rules, what you could do. But there were, I mean, very limited, by the way. Very limited. Mm -hmm. Like pretzels, um, hot, like hot, everything was prepackaged stuff. So they weren't mm. cooking anything. Um, obviously plenty of beer, but no, but nobody walking around, no beer guys like walking around. They had to go get concessions, uh, credit only. 
I will tell you too, they had a lot of security in the stadium uh, that were going after you if you took your mask off. So if your mask really? came off, they came right over and said mask on. The only, uh, if they saw you eating food, they might let you get away with it for a little bit and then they'd walk by and very politely say, hey, mask back on. No tailgating. You get out of your car at all, a car, somebody will drive over and say back in your car. So we, like, we showed up with, with lunch and some beers in the car. We opened the doors. They kind of let you have the doors up, but you couldn't really stand outside. Um, you know, I give them credit. They got to do what they got to do to keep it safe. So I appreciate that. Other weird thing was capacity, 7,500. Mm-hmm. But of that, 1,500 were players, you know, like staffs and media. So there's only about 6,000 fans. Um, and I'm a little disappointed in the Eagle Nation because I, I, I'm under the impression that tickets were only offered to season ticket holders of the Eagles. And I argued that a third of that stadium was Ravens fans, which is really disappointing. It looked like it on online. Yep. Or not online. Now, I know we're st- on The video TV. obviously is what I'm thinking of, the, but on TV too. And I know we haven't had the best year, but these are the season ticket holders. They're supposed to be the biggest diehard fans. Well, I know supposed to be the long-term season ticket holders too, right? Right. And so it really disappointed me to see that many Ravens fans in the stadium. I'm being honest with you. But it was cool to cheer. It was cool to see. Some people got to sit amongst the cardboard cutouts, which I did not get to do, but I would have liked. Um Look, you try to get up on third down. It's a little strange when there's nobody around you. But, you know, my my group tried to get the people up. We sit in pods of two, four, six. Um, But just overall surreal. At one point in time, unfortunately, Kayvon Wallace went down for the Eagles. I've never heard the link that utterly. It was dead silence. Nothing. No music. No no crowd murmur. Zero sound whatsoever. Um, That is wild. Yeah, and the other thing that was really cool, that that part was not cool because Wallace was hurt, but it was cool like to have that silence. The TV timeouts are a lot worse. There's nothing going on in the field. You just sit there. And I don't really watch all the activities on the field, but I'll, sometimes I, yeah, at least it's happening. There's just nothing. There's nothing on the board. They're not introducing former players. There's no cheerleaders dancing. There are cheerleaders, but they're up high. Um, there's no halftime entertainment. It's because you're not waiting in line you get back so fast that was kind of a strange thing you really noticed the tv timeouts more when there's no fans and nothing going on on the field that is pretty crazy but yeah that, but you know, we'll see um and we almost came back got excited at the end so and almost everybody stayed it seemed like so yeah it did it seemed like it was still pretty packed <laughs> at the very end at least watching it on tv obviously uh the final play that the eagles made the two-point conversion immediately failed uh not sure what happened there but I don't know if it was supposed to be a designed you know, zone run or, or what was it. Uh, but uh, not, not good. That's it was not good. good. We bounce back. We bounce back tonight. Yeah, Lane Johnson's coming back. You're going to know how this game went when you're listening to this podcast. So hopefully good. Normally good. Not actually. But, Matt, let's send it over to Picks. How about that? Absolutely. All right. So everybody enjoy. Here's Jason Curtis Rivera. All right, it is time for picks, and we now welcome on a very good friend of mine, special guest. He is the composer, writer, director of the hottest musical out there, the Robin Akiva Need a Podcast, the musical. It is Jason Curtis Rivera, my friend from Survivor Philadelphia. Jason, how are you, my friend? I am doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Excited to have you on. Excited for the picks. And yeah, this is gonna be a lot of fun. I hope so. Uh, I I have not been following sports in uh, since COVID uh, smacked us all in the face. So this is gonna be a very interesting time. Was it a, a Mets and Jets apathy, or was it just more of a? COVID? It doesn't help. It doesn't, doesn't help, help being a, yeah. a Mets and Jets fan. No. Yeah. If, if it were up to me, there would be no uh, sports in 2020 if it was just based on the Mets and the Jets. <laughs> 
nonsense that they do. Well, you're a Ranger fan, so at least you have that going for you. I, yeah, I had it going for me for like five seconds, and then they were <laughs> immediately eliminated. But then they got that pick. That was nice. Yeah, Lafreniere. Yeah. He's supposed to be the next hot, next big thing. Yeah. Ah. All right, well, Jason. Look, Jason, at least as a Jets fan, you have no hope left. And I think that's better. Okay? Are you sh- here's the I thing. I would rather – go ahead. I have hope that they'll go – like winless in the season like that's what always happens is i start the season like oh oh the jets suck this year okay same as always well at least they'll get the best pick and then i just know i'm gonna be like oh they're gonna they're never gonna win and then they're gonna like eke two wins in the last like five weeks and they're gonna just blow everything (laughs) because they suck that bad they can't even suck enough to to set themselves up well I think the good news, at least, is that last year that was the Dolphins, who did the same thing and they were battling for the pick. The Dolphins are currently three and three, so they might be just winning themselves out of this this conversation right now. The, you know, the Bengals are are down there too, but at least they have the tie, so maybe we helped you out there. Yeah, and the even if they win, right? Even if they win the pick, right, by losing all the games, the people in charge of the pick are still the New York Jets. So, like, <laughs> what can they even do? it's like okay here's this great thing but everyone involved with the entire organization is incompetent and i'll we'll give you this great thing and you'll still squander it because you're the jets we'll, <laughs> we'll just have to see matt maddie as the as our draft expert do you agree or disagree with that logic look here's the here's the thing this is what i've been trying to say about all these teams that are vying for the number one pick y'all have a decent quarterback i don't know why trevor lawrence is going to be look trevor lawrence may be a really good player but like i don't know what uh, what do you mean like he's not going to fix the jets he's not going to fix the giants he's not going to fix the the jaguars he's not going to fix the washington football team i mean these aren't ready to win teams and, and i like i like sam darnold I think he's got a. I think he's an easily an above average starter in this league. There's there's nothing around him. The best player on the Jets is probably Jamison Crowder. I mean, that's not saying a lot. So I don't know. That's kind of where I fall in. Is it kind of wild um, that both New York teams, arguably the Giant, the Giants obviously is Saquon Barkley, but it's hurt. But their debatably best two players are both Duke graduates. That is a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, But anyway, good good, good snag there, by the way. Yeah. I mean, the, I'm just saying. the Knicks probably have so, zero Duke players, and that's why they suck. Right. <laughs> um, we'll see. Hey, look, I hope Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets because if he's any good, I don't want him in the NFC East. So I'm rooting for the Jets to go and take 18, oh, and, uh, 16 and take Trevor Lawrence. Okay, that's good for me, in my opinion. Yeah. So just saying. Well, we'll see what happens. But let's jump into picks. We'll talk about Renap the musical at the end, so we can. Uh, you know, get get everybody caught up on that. But let's jump into the picks. Matt, I know, obviously, you know the format. Jason, I know you're familiar with it. But to remind everybody, if you are a Renap fan who came to, to listen to their to their boy, Jason, or just new to the podcast, what we do for picks, we do it snake draft style. We're going to start with Jason. I went second last week, so Matt's going to go second. I go third. We snake it around. We each make a pick against the spread. Five NFL games, and we finish with one college game, although last week we did the reverse, started with college. 
And then we see how we do. Last week, our guest, Michael J. Clark, dominated. He went 4-0 in the NFL, 0-2 in college. Matty D also went 4-2, but a little mixed bag. Uh, we all lost our college picks. We're not going to talk about I did because I did atrocious. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did really bad. Um, like, and It was the worst possible way because I had the Eagles to lose. I had the Ravens minus 7. And the Eagles, of course, come back and fail. So, great. But anyway, Jason, does that sound like a good format to you? It sounds like a wonderful format to me. All righty. So we we send it to you with the first pick of the Week 7 Pick'em Draft. The Jason Curtis Rivera's pick. So I know it's like the probably the, the biggest spread on the, uh, you know, anywhere. But I'm, I'm still going to pick the Bills. I'm going to pick the Bills to win above the Jets. <laughs> That's my favorite Jets fan line ever. I love this so much already. Jason, break <laughs> Like, do I have faith that the New York Jets will lose by 12 points? And it's, that answer is absolutely, of course. We're now two for two with Jets fans coming on and immediately picking the other team to cover the spread. I mean, not only do I love the pick because the Jets suck, the Bills are coming off back-to-back, like, losses to two really good teams they're angry they need to reestablish. i think they're gonna throttle is it still joe flacco do we know uh actually i don't know actually okay do you know joe flacco just moved to 21st all-time passing leader in yardage isn't that wild well yeah i mean that's not a shock it's gonna be whoever like the next like 20 quarterbacks are in the nfl draft are gonna be like that when our kids are like our age elite by the way yeah is he elite uh all right maddie second pick to you what do you got all right, I'm not going to let you take it. I'm taking it. And that's the Eagles covering tonight, Damn it. four and a half over the Giants. I jumped right in. I, I wasn't going to let my team go by. Um, look, I think this is the evening in which it becomes clear because I've heard some people say the Giants might, you know, oh, the Giants look best posed to win the division. So the Giants have been relatively healthy. I know Saquon is hurt. I know that's a big injury. The Giants have been relatively healthy, and they are still one in five. Um, they have very little talent on both sides of the ball, and I think the Eagles get back on track tonight. I think they cover the four-and-a-half-point spread. I like about a 10-point victory, but it could be closer to eight. Um, so I'm going with the birds. I love it. So, Matt, you remember last week I went against my against my yeah. wherewithal picking the Vikings, and I was dead wrong. They're on a bye uh, this week, you, so I, I can't – I told you not – yeah, you, you, yeah, can pick you told them, me. You can pick the bye week to beat them. That's fine. That's I could. Acceptable. Yeah, I can't get my revenge this week. But that being said – the Atlanta Falcons, who beat them, are two-and-a-half-point favorites against the hapless Detroit Lions, who got a win last week. This game, the over-under set at 56-and-a-half. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath, but I like the Lions to win this. I know the the they have a coach, but the coachless Falcons are all over the board, and their offense is high-flying. Detroit's defense is lousy. Atlanta's defense is much better. I like to, I would like to see a TJ Hawkinson renaissance, a, a Hawkinsance, if you will, uh, so I'm going to Detroit plus two and a half in Atlanta for my first pick. And my second pick in a rematch of the Battle of Ohio. We remember this game from about a month ago on Thursday Night Football where the Bengals backdoor covered this spread that was six points in Cleveland. It's now only three points in Cincinnati. And I know the Bengals have looked feisty. They've looked pretty good for the last couple weeks. Uh, but I am going to go with the Browns. Minus three. I feel like they're starting to, to catch a rhythm. I know they've had some weird injuries and all this sort of stuff. It looks like Baker's a little more healthy than he had been last week against the Steelers. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns here. This is a little bit of a reach pick, but I you know I want to grab it now before it becomes sort of some sort of a grab bag on my uh, the next snake. 
Alright. I... Uh, it's Snake, so I'll come back my way. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a, again, there's every week there's a game that I stare at and say like, wow, this is an interesting one. You know, this is, this is, uh, something I really need to see how I feel about. I'm, I'm going to jump on this crazy important Steelers Titans matchup. Ooh. Now I have continued to say that I still don't think the Steelers are the, I mean, the Titans are the real deal. Okay. And I understand that they've been really, really good. But I, this Steelers team is very impressive to me, okay? But they just had a key injury. Devin Bush, their emerging second-year linebacker, playing all like basically 100% of their snaps in the middle of that defense, just went down with an ACL tear. And in comes King, King Henry and a much-improved Titans offense. So I'm going to have to go with the Titans at home to take out the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, not a bad pick. I mean, everybody's got to lose eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing that would concern me, I know that they're getting healthier at receiver, but that defense for the Steelers is, is pretty good. I like this to be kind of a low-scoring game. That's oh, my yeah, only Both defenses yeah. are top five in the league, maybe? Yeah. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to understand. Tannehill is a different quarterback than he was in Miami, and I thought he might have just been a system quarterback, maybe just got lucky last year, and so far I haven't seen that. He's been really, really good for them. I'm impressed with that. And it just keeps their keeps defenses more honest with Henry out there. Although AJ Brown just appeared on the injury report, so we'll see. Yeah. All right. All right, Jason, back to you for two. All right. I'm going to go. I've I have kind of been flipping back and forth, but I think I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think that's. I think it's kind of a a big spread, but I, I have faith in them more than I have faith in the Saints. No, I actually like that, that pick is, a lot. Their defense yeah. has been has been pretty good, and I know Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, he popped back up. Nobody popped back up on the injury. So yeah, say that. I take I took your thunder. Keep going. Sorry. No, 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 no. You you threw it right there. So that's, I mean, it's there's a reason why it's at seven and a half because that's a full, at least a touchdown, and I don't know if if yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is getting getting the ball. That's a great you know it could be great for the Saints, but if not, I mean the the Panthers haven't been bad, and I, I feel like. They could still make some noise. Mike Davis could really tear up that defense. We'll see what happens. I, I like that pick a lot. And then it's me again, correct? Yep. One more pick for you. Um, and then I would like to just, as you know, I I know I've been shitting on the Jets, but I am still a Jet fan at heart, and I'd like to pick against the Patriots. So I'd like to pick the Forty ers Okay. <laughs> I like it. I cannot, in good conscience, go go home to my father. And say that I picked the New England Patriots, so I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go. Well, I gotta say too, I think um, the Pats got uh, Cam Newton was back, and they lost horribly to that Broncos team last week, and they've got some serious issues still on offense, and the defense is not going to carry them forever. I mean, everyone was like, "Oh, Cam's Cam's elevating them." I'm not seeing it now. They had that good run early, but they've they've kind of been derailed by COVID maybe a little bit. So we'll see what happens. But I I don't. I definitely don't dislike that. What's the line there? It's only one and a half. Too, yeah, it's so only it's one and a half. Line. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Um, over to me. I am going to – oh, man. 
that's not an upset special to me. It's just not. <laughs> I think I think I think the one game that uh, gets back on tra- a team gets really back on track, and that's the Green Bay Packers visiting Houston. Okay. Uh, disappointed in Houston, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers getting a lot of flack in the media for that dud they put up against Tom Brady. Big bounce back game opportunity for them now that they have a major player in that division with the Bears. Uh, you know, also having one loss. I think they I think they cover that three point spread against Houston. Um, and, and play a really strong football game. Uh, good balance on the run and pass. Not, Aaron Rodgers never throws pick six, so the fact that he threw it last game, and then they go from there. Yeah, what is he? He's only thrown like three or four in his career. Yeah, it's so weird. He's, it's something he's really does, he never does yeah. that. I, I just think because of the that he's getting in the media, he's going to show up. Um, I, that's why I picked Brady last week. I thought he would show up, and he did, and I think it flips here. No, I like that. That's not, that's. Uh... A pretty solid selection there. Um, yeah, if we knew if Tampa Bay and Vegas were going to play, speaking of Brady, that, that would be a, uh, I feel like a slam dunk pick. But we have no idea. There's no line for it. So for my next pick, I'm going to go to Monday Night Football. The Los Angeles Rams are a six-point favorite against the Bears. Bears with a very impressive win last week. Uh, but I have a feeling that this uh, is the Sean McVay primetime revenge game against Nick Foles. If you remember this, a few years back, the Eagles come in, they're like nine-point dogs, they're plus 600 on the money line, and Nick Foles pulls out the pulls out the upset special. We have the great Sean McVay, freeze frame of his eyes just bulging out, and it, it's all incredible stuff. Now, that being said, the Rams, kind of a, a bad loss last week, and I have a feeling they, uh, you know, they, they're, you mentioned some angry players some uh wanting to change the media the the thought behind them now they are a little banged up but I, you know i think this is a game that there's a reason it's set at six i think this is either this is telling me that's either going to be a tight game but it's 45 is the over under so i have a feeling that the it's really dependent on what the bears offense does uh i just i'm gonna go uh go with the rams here i know that that chicago defense is good but i feel i have a feeling that they uh can get things going either daryl henderson uh, or one of their receivers can get can get something really uh, off the ground for him. Uh, oh yeah, then I have a second pick. Um, <laughs> getting lost in the snake here, boys. Uh, yeah, so for my second oh, yeah. pick, ooh, Matt, I'm gonna go against you. I'm gonna take the Steelers here. Um, like I mentioned, two good defenses going at one another. I think this game really comes down to where the Pittsburgh, the non-Big Ben players go. Um, Mainly in their op, maybe in, almost in their offensive receivers, their wide receivers. I feel like that that's going to be the key difference here. I feel like that their rushing game can stay on par, maybe spread out the Tennessee defense a little bit. But yeah, I you know, I somebody's got to lose eventually. Obviously, somebody's going to walk away with one here, unless they tie, which would be nuts. But I am going to go with the Steelers plus one on the road in Nashville. Okay, my third pick. Uh, no, your fourth pick, fourth pick, my fourth pick. I I can't decide, but I'm going to go. I don't know why I love, I do really think the Chargers are really talented and I think they win this game against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville has somewhat managed to keep a lot of games closer than they should. Seven and a half point line for a young Justin Herbert with a team that still has some injuries. Keenan Allen might be a little banged up. You got Austin Eckler still banged up. 
You got some defenders, obviously, still out. I think it's a super talented, talented Chargers team. I think they win, but I'm going to take Jacksonville to cover that seven and a half point spread. I think, I think the late field goal or possibly even like a, a garbage time touchdown by Jacksonville, you know, gets them back into the into within that line. So I'm taking Jacksonville to cover continued Minshew magic in Jacksonville. You think it's something like a Doug Marone kicks the late field goal to try to like make it seem like, oh look, exactly. we put up all these points. Yeah. Like even exactly. though it's like a clearly like, yeah, yeah. stupid idea, you should go for it on fourth down. I, I think Chargers are easily in up ten, up ten, up ten, and late in the fourth, and then and then Jacksonville gets that late that late score. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. All right, Jason, your your final two NFL picks. All right, I'm gonna go to a game that I don't think we've talked about yet, and I'm gonna pick the Washington football uh, organization that plays football. Uh, I think it'll be a close game, but I I feel like making this interesting. And I feel like, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going. I don't hate that pick. I mean, we saw what the Cowboys looked like without Dak. Their defense is absolutely atrocious. This, I mean, I feel like there's almost a lock for the over at 46 and a half. I know, Matt, you're a big fan of their defense, but and Dallas didn't really seem like that a ton, but, I, you know, we might get a Zeke revenge game, but Dallas's defense is not something to buy into. Nah, they're horrible. I, it, it's embarrassing what, what they're putting on the field. Um, they were talking about this. I mean, they, they paid a lot of guys. Jalen Jalen Smith is just not that good out there. I'm blown away. By the way, oh my God, they get C.D. Lamb. Look how great it is. Well, they had other needs, and I, I'm not just pissed as an Eagles fan because we might have been able to get C.D. Lamb, obviously. But I'm, I'm if I'm a, if I'm a Dallas Cowboys football fan, a real fan, not a fair weather fan, not a just read the headline fan. You made a huge mistake. You could have had a, a, a offensive lineman to cover for some of the, the agent injury issues. You could have had a cornerback or a safety that, that actually is, you know, so they made to me, that's a huge miss by, by Dallas. Um, I do like Washington's front seven and Andy Dalton has shown very little ability, but to your point, it could definitely be a, a Zico Elliott revenge game. Uh, especially after his two fumbles last week. So hopefully he cleans that yeah, up. How about that, man? Holy shit. Definitely a, uh, a Tim McGraw Friday Night Lights type of night with Jerry Jones and Zeke. You got to think, right? Oh, yeah. No doubt. Great great choice, Chase. I like that, though. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, one more pick for your final NFL pick, Jason. All right, Maddie. I'm glad you thought that was a great choice because now I'm going to pick against you in the Jacksonville Chargers game. So, yes. I'm going with the Chargers. <sighs> to cover that. Look, I don't this hate is... it. I mean, you're probably playing, you're probably making a smarter decision. I'm going with, <laughs> you know, yeah. The the Tuscarora Alliance ganging up on Matty D. I yeah. love it. <laughs> love it. Oh, man. All right. All right. Three, baby. Ride or die. Ride or die, All baby. Right. <laughs> So I'm my next choice. I'm going to jump to a game. I love the team I'm going to pick against here, but I I was actually a little bit discouraged from what I saw in their big win this past week in primetime. Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals. I love what the Cardinals are putting together. They've totally bought into Cliff Kingsbury's system. But they they have a couple major holes defensively. They've got issues all over the field. Isaiah Simmons, by the way, their top what five, fifth or sixth pick doesn't even play for the most part. That's not a great sign for a team that needs that needs quality defenders and just lost Chandler Jones. And more importantly, I'm a big Kyler Murray fantasy football fan, and he put up great numbers last week. Yeah, no kidding. He's not, but he's not. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up, Jordy. Yeah. That's right. Dub, dub, dub. Uh, yeah. But he did not actually throw the ball that great 
he last week. Yeah, he had a couple big plays, <laughs> right? but he had a couple big plays like the Christian Kirk 80 yard touchdown that kind of buoyed his stats. But overall, he missed receivers. He was at one point in time, he was eight of 21 um, and 80 and, and 160 yards, 80 of which came on one throw. So I need to see more from him if they're going to compete with an offense that's going to put up points. And let me tell you something coming off of a bye, the Seattle Seahawks are going to put up points. We're talking about Russell Wilson, but we forget about DK Metcalf, who is emerging as a superstar wide receiver in this league, similar to the Russell Wilson effect. He, for some reason, doesn't get the same press as some of these other receivers, but he is really good. And that yeah. offense is really good. No, that's I, a, yeah. No, but, I was just saying, it's a really good point on the receivers. DK, Tyler Lockett, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of, out of him in the last couple of weeks after that, what do you the three touchdown game in week two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a really good pick. And I think this is super high scoring, by the oh, way. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Seattle, this is going to be Seattle defense. Seattle defense is not, yeah. it's not the Legion of boom. It's not that, oh my God. It's, it's actually kind of terrible. Yeah. It's not Great very fantasy good. game. Yeah. Great fantasy. Great game. fantasy game. It's going to be very entertaining. Now Sunday night football because of the Las Vegas COVID scare. Mm-hmm. Um, now I thought that I was going to have to pick against one of you guys. And mm-hmm. I really don't disagree with a lot of the picks aside from, the Steelers. But I realize there's one game we missed. Kansas City Chiefs going a mile high. They're old friends, the Denver Broncos. And I know, Matt, your philosophy of interdivision games, especially with high spreads. But I'm going against this. Broncos with a big emotional win last week. I have a feeling they have a little bit of a come down. Kansas City feeling fairly fresh. They put on Monday Night Football. But I have a feeling their defense is going to step up big, shut down, Whatever Denver throws out there, I just they're going to cover it well. And I have a feeling that we might see a Mahomes mile-high, I guess, marathon to go with the alliteration, but a complete shootout, whatever phrasing you want to use, a raid because he went to Texas Tech and they were the Red Raiders, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, symmetry or uh, po, po, I don't know. I wasn't an English major. I was a math major. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs, though. Minus nine. And now we go to college, unless you guys have a comment on the pick. No, it sounds like uh, a good pick to I, me. I don't, I don't pick against Mahomes. Yeah. It's not smart. Yeah, you it's not burned. smart. It's just uh-huh. you're rooting against fun. <laughs> that's tr- that's true. Good point. Yeah. And this is a this is a pro fun podcast. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have some ideas that. for the end of this too, Jason. That you need to help us out with. Oh boy. So all right, over Take to college. Us to college. Take us to the Big Ten, G. Yeah. So we're gonna. We have not recorded yet, but I'm sure Matt and I are going to talk a lot about the Big Ten in their first week of play. And now there's some some good good games on the slate. You know, there's the – actually, no, they play at 7.30. I was about to say the Northwestern playing at 11 a.m. game. But they're playing at 7.30 Eastern. I'm going to go with, though, our home state Penn State Nittany Lions going to Indiana, a team who normally has a tough out at home. That's because of their fan base. What Penn State's bringing to the table, a lot of their players who opted back in, obviously there are still some that opted out and stayed opted out, but they're only a five-point favorite, and I think that's partly why. I like to, I want to see what this team does. They're ranked eighth. They're gunning out, or they're coming out gunning. I like this team to, to make some serious noise and really, you know, announce themselves to the nation in the first week of play. So I'm going with Penn State minus five. I, I'm going to go... I'm going to, I was going to go, look, I should, no, I should pick Michigan, right? No, I'm not going to do it this time. I'm going to stay away from the homer. I already picked the birds. 
I'm going to jump to a top 15 matchup in the conference that I've been gassing up all year, the AAC. Cincinnati heading down to SMU. Both teams undefeated. Cincinnati is number nine in the nation, if I'm correct. They are indeed. Okay. Um, Just came off a a thumping uh, two weeks ago of South Florida, 28-7. SMU, who is technically favored in this game by two and a half points. I know it's at home, but it's a different world. They almost lost to Tulane. 37-34 37-34 last week. They Memphis 30 to 27. I know Memphis is a good team, but I'm not sure SMU. Look, I sh- I like Shane Buchel out there, but I I love this Cincinnati team. They're gritty and challenge and, and, and excellent. So I'm a thousand percent thinking that Cincinnati stays undefeated, gets closer to a top five ranking, and takes out SMU on the road this week. Okay, the upset special. I guess technically upset special, but. Ooh, that's going to be fun. 9 p.m. game on ESPN2. That should be a lot of fun. Jason, what do you got? All right. So as I've very clearly stated, I barely follow the NFL. I definitely don't follow college football. However, comma, uh, my high school was big football high school and had a pipeline to Rutgers University. So Union High has a bunch of players currently at Rutgers. I know these people. I sat behind them in English. And that is why I'm betting against Rutgers. <laughs> Going with, with Michigan. Michigan State? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this game, Yeah, it's not even on the board. That's how bad Rutgers normally is in the Big Ten. I love it, though. Just down with Rutgers is what I'll write in for the pick. <laughs> but, yeah, I am a... Obviously, we're gonna, we will have talked about this already about how excited I am for the Big Ten, but this I think is this is the winning slate aside from Matt's Tennessee pick. This is the winning slate of all of our picks. You're gonna make a lot of money from all this stuff. Now, Jason, before we let you go, talk to us about Renap the musical. Obviously, some people might be jumping into this who are Renap fans, but I was trying to think of this today when I was listening to it. Is there a way to sell Renap? and Renap the Musical to the non-Renap fan. Interesting. Um, okay. So, okay. Brief backstory for the uninitiated. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin That's probably a good starting. A, yeah, yeah. Robin Akiva Need a Podcast is a podcast hosted by Rob Sistranino and Akiva Wienaker. Uh, and the concept of the podcast is that every episode of the podcast is a new idea for a podcast which sounds like a lot, and it is. It's a lot. Um, and the way they do it is they spin a wheel, and every week a new idea comes up, and the next week that they ha- they record, they have to do whatever idea came up on the wheel. So over a year ago, I pitched them the idea of Renat the Musical uh, as like a musical theater-themed episode. They approved it, and then I got to work on it, and then uh, I ignored it for a large period of time because I'm a procrastinator. Uh, and then I wasn't allowed to leave my house for a couple months for this thing. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news, yeah, but there's yeah, like what, a, why is that? Like sick or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wasn't allowed to leave my house, so I had nothing to do but write Renap the Musical. And that I did, and it premiered last week on Renap. Um, and it chronicles the story of Robin Kiva uh, from the end of their last podcast, which was a Seinfeld podcast, um, uh, to their journey to 
the beginning of Renap. If you are a non-Renap listener, why would you like it? Well, uh, it's very musical theater. So if you're a musical theater person, uh, I'm, I think it, it hits all the beats that uh, a fan of musical theater would like. Um, I think if you are a fan of great music, I, I wrote I wrote great music, and that is something you would like. Also, if you're a fan of just ridiculousness, and like it, taking in content that's like a, this shouldn't exist and this shouldn't be as good as it is, but here I am taking in that content. That is what Renap the musical is. Is why does this exist, and why is it this good? And that is Renap the musical. It's quite excellent. I listened to it today, and. It is. It's great. I mean, there's a rap battle. There's, there's uh, yeah. There's, there's great guitar licks that you throw in there. There's great yeah, piano that's playing. All me, baby. That's all yeah. me. Oh yeah. And if you um, listen, and if people listen yeah. to the Purple Pants podcast, you ever wonder who the great person that wrote the music? That's Jason. Yes. Yes. So Jason's um, quite talented. And I'm, uh, you've obviously we met over a year ago, um, almost 14 months ago at this point, and you've talked about it a ton. So I'm glad that this all came to fruition, and it's. I, you know, I can't speak more praise about it. But Matt, when it came out on Sunday, Jason, in his even more talented ways outside of music, made a playbill for it. And I'm scrolling through, and in the ads, guess who's in there, Matt? Oh, God. I, I don't... Who? Us! We're in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wait, why are we in it? There, I've never done nothing. There's never an done ad nothing. section. There's an ad section of every playbill. And oh. I wanted to fill out the playbill, and I thought, okay, what kind of ads can I put in here? Well, this is a podcast, so let me put some some of the podcasts of of people who I love uh, up wow. in there, and that is exactly what I did. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, so, I was pleasantly surprised to see it. Yeah, I so. I felt that it was, you know. I, I I stand my my survivor Philadelphia brethren. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, I support them when I can. Well, I really appreciate it. And Matt, what's funny about you asking why are we in there? That's basically what happened. So Jason goes on Robin Keith and need a podcast, and they the one co-host asked if we had paid you know a couple hundred dollars for the ad space. So <laughs> I knew we had to had to bring you on to to return the favor for it. Yeah. The, um, you paid in uh, letting me sound dumb about football. No, I think that, again, I said this <laughs> offline. I think this is going to be very, uh, I think it's like 07 SNL, that sketch. Um, but, yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. Now, Jason, what we need your help with. So we've come up with, over the years, we've come up with the various fake ads for, you know, we have a friend whose last name is Schneck. So we've referred to it as Schneck Book, a, uh, a fake sports book that our friend quote-unquote runs wait it's fake oh. <laughs> oh my oh my god hang on Shh, don't tell him don't tell yeah. him all all those venmos to logan make sense now but we may need your help to come up with a good new 2020 fake ad so we don't <laughs> we don't need something right now but this might be a uh, a long-term project for us oh oh for sure yeah. throw me the it. deets I'll, I'll hop in photoshop oh, yeah. i'll make it cute I'll buy the ads, the ad space on Facebook. You know? <laughs> yeah. Get Mark Zuckerberg involved. Get, a, get us some good, some good copy to read. Yeah. <laughs> some good promo codes. We for Logan's yeah. or for Schneckbook, it was Ravage. It was all these various different terms that basically were just trash talk words from fantasy football. So uh, 
we love doing that and the off the cuff stuff. So I figured that was right up your alley. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love random nonsense. Oh yeah, that I, I spend too much time. On. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Jason, anything else you want to plug or talk about before we let you go? Uh, no, just uh, check out what I'm doing. Uh, I'm a musician, and I put out I put out music things sometimes. Um, and so you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and where else? TikTok. You can follow me on TikTok if you want. Uh, and it's all at Jason Curtis R. Nice. All right. Everybody go follow him. He is a great follow on, I don't have TikTok, but on Twitter and, and Instagram, you are an excellent follow. So everybody go do that. But Jason, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Special thanks again to Jason Curtis Rivera for coming on and doing picks with us. That was a lot of fun. Everybody go check out Renap the Musical. You can find that by searching Rob Has a Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or Rob and Akiva Need a Podcast, or R-A-A-N-A-P, or go to robinswebsite.com. It's all over there. Or go follow Jason. I mean, there's plenty of places to find this. But that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Um, Matt had to run. He's going to his parents' house for the Eagles game. So I'm just doing the solo stuff at the end. Not a ton left to talk about. We covered every single game in the NFL. If you have not been following us on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports is the handle there. I've been doing recaps of the World Series games. You'll probably see that I did one for the Eagles game by the time that you're listening to this because it's coming out Friday morning. I'm going to continue to do them over the weekend for the World Series, including on Saturday night, as I'm going to be at Matty D's house. But there isn't a ton much else going on outside of the World Series. Uh, There's the Zoho Championship this weekend for golf, so that'll be a lot of fun. Maybe try to do reaction to that along with the World Series on Sunday night. Um, But that's really going to do it for this episode. I did want to close it up because, you know, we don't normally do it with the guest. But everybody make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Search the Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Again, we're doing a lot more of these live videos, a lot more posts, stuff like that. So your feedback is vitally important. Let us know what you think. DM us or join our Facebook group. I know I always say at the top of the show, but it's a great place to be a part of the conversation. Post memes, whatever the hell you want to do. I've forgotten to put up a questions poll both there and on my personal Instagram because I normally get a lot more action there than on the regular Instagram, but post questions, things that you want to see. We live and die by your guys' suggestions and opinions. So I love to hear them. Please let me and the rest of the crew know what you think. But for Matty D, Jason Curtis Rivera, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hopefully the birds have won, but I'm still going to say it. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly.